Brightest audience in the country, welcome to Bob and Yurt Live. I'm the pastor of Denver Bible Church. The FBI has been having a great week. Wow. Just arrested, along with uh, law enforcement from Australia, 800 bad guys from around the world, and they got back more than half of the ransomware paid out when hackers closed down our oil pipeline backbone on the East Coast. So both stories extraordinary. And here at Bob and Yurt Live, over the years, in fact, we've been on the air for 30 years, five days a week, criminal justice, and specifically God's criminal justice system, has been one of our themes. And the reason for that is because the Bible is effectively among all the other roles that it has, everything that the scriptures are, the Bible is a criminal justice textbook. And the death penalty is at the heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we'll talk about these hackers, for example, ransomware. We've been calling for the death penalty for hackers and people putting out viruses since the 1990s on the air, on this show, I used to work for Microsoft up in Redmond, Washington, program manager for their networking and security. And yet we've called for the death penalty. We'll talk more about that. But also salvation is presented in terms of crime and punishment. The atonement, Jesus' death, is in the form of a penal substitution. When you look at the Ten Commandments, five of the Ten Commandments are for criminal justice. And we have on our website, kgov.com crime, not only do we have a concise list of all the verses in the New Testament that support the death penalty, that's in the New Testament, and of course the Old Testament, but also we have our list of ways to reduce crime. And so the first two things that we'll share today after we discuss these two news stories are on that list. So, wow, this is just so extraordinary. I love it when law enforcement dupes the bad guys and makes fools of them. Like, I remember New York City years ago under Giuliani, they sent out to hundreds, hundreds of criminals. There were warrants out for their arrest, and they sent them out tickets to a Yankees game, like really good tickets, front row, second row. And so many criminals came to the game and they got arrested and it was the best. Just brilliant. Well, this here, what the FBI did, and they did it, with law enforcement in Australia. In fact, the prime minister there, Scott Morrison, just said that the current operation where they picked up 800 bad guys, real bad guys, gangs, 
mafioso types. He said that this Operation Greenlight has struck a heavy blow against organized crime around the world. And what a great point. So here's what they did. The FBI, in this massive global crime sting, using a messaging app called Anom, like Anonymous, A-N-O-M. So the FBI, with Australian law enforcement, they create a messaging app and they release it on the dark web for criminals so that they could communicate without law enforcement listening in, right? Except that the FBI created the app. And they get the criminals to pay with a, for a subscription. So the FBI is being paid by the criminals themselves for the privilege of listening in to the criminals conduct their criminal communications. It couldn't be better. It's just extraordinary. They not only arrested these 800 thugs and, you know, planning not only all kinds of typical gang-related crimes, drugs, but also planning murders. And they confiscated luxury vehicles, $48 million in cash, weapons, how many? 250 guns. And the money, by the way, was not only in U.S. and other currencies, but also cryptocurrencies. And so what a great job by the FBI. Just absolutely love it. It's like if you're watching a movie and the bad guys get caught in the end, right? The audience loves that. I love that. It's like a preview for Judgment Day. That's what it is. In fact, if you're watching a Hollywood movie where the bad guys get it in the end, you know, whatever it is, uh, from Lord of the Rings to Ransom to whatever, and the criminals, they get caught, they get punished, they lose everything. Think of a trailer, a preview for a film, and the preview is two minutes long and the film is two hours long. Well, the two-hour-long film is a trailer for Judgment Day. The two-hour-long film is a preview of Judgment Day and how satisfying that will be. The Bible says the righteous rejoice when they see the vengeance. They will wash their feet in the blood of the wicked. How's that for a not-nicer-than-God verse? Is that verse in our Nicer-than-God article? It's got to be. kgov.com slash nice. Because the church has become nicer than God, and they condemn those who have a godly perspective on ways to reach unbelievers and to discuss matters of justice, right and wrong, criminal justice. So the FBI, it's not as though they've absolved themselves of their own wrongdoing. And every agency in the government, every individual who doesn't fight to protect those being systematically killed, the innocent people, like in abortion, killing unborn children. So on Judgment Day, everyone who has rejected Jesus Christ, everyone who has spurned his love and offer of forgiveness, everyone will stand before God, first and foremost— answering for rejecting the Son, God the Son, 
and his sacrifice for them, but then also the account of their lives in the fact that they were either tolerant or apathetic or actually supported the slaughter of the innocent. Like right now, this past second, a child was dismembered here in America, elsewhere around the world. Children who are too small to be dismembered the way Planned Parenthood typically kills them, they're often killed with chemical abortifacients, chemical weapons, weapons of mass destruction. Millions of children around the world killed every year. And our FBI law enforcement, our court system, our federal government, much of the Republican Party really couldn't care less. Even those who say they're against abortion, they'd much rather coexist with Planned Parenthood than advocate abolishing abortion, ending all abortion. So there's a lot of guilt to go around, and guilt is its like it's infinitely dilutable. So one person commits a murder, and then 10 other people advocate it, and a 1,000 other people are apathetic, couldn't care less, and they will see the way that guilt spreads. You know, like putting a few drops of oil in a pot of boiling pasta and how the oil gets on everything? Well, guilt is like that. It's, it's like infinitely dilutable. So with that said, still the other wonderful thing that the FBI did this past week is that they got back more than half of the ransomware paid to these hackers, the Colonial Pipeline on the East Coast. They paid out, what, $4.4 million. And so this is, uh, this is historic. The FBI has recovered $2.3 million of the ransom paid out, and that is absolutely stunning. Now, whether or not this is some new beginnings, because the criminals obviously are going to go the extra step to try to make sure that they have even more layers of security for their stolen funds. But that it's even gotten this bad is a condemnation of America's criminal justice system and that of the world, of course. And our government is inherently criminal because why? Well, we have a socialist government. If you doubt that, go to kgov.com socialism, and you'll see a dozen programs, social programs that you probably support any number of them yourself. If you do, you should ask God to forgive you. But our government is fundamentally socialist. And whenever you have democracy, you're going to tend towards socialism because the majority want to steal money from the wealthy or at least steal money from anybody they can get it from. And so they tend to vote themselves funds from their neighbors. So democracy is inherently sinful, and socialism violates God's enduring command, thou shalt not steal. And so America, having a fundamentally criminal form of government, I know a lot of conservative Christians, they say, oh no, we have a representative republic, well, that's a kissing cousin to democracy, because if it's representative, that means the people vote for their leaders, and the leaders get to legislate, and the judges who are put in office by 
almost purely democratic means, they decide whether these new laws are acceptable or not. And so the majority can, over a period of time, decide what the laws of the land are going to be like. So conservative Christians who think that they're on some kind of a biblical foundation, when they say, oh, no, no, we have a representative republic, guys, if you think that, you're wrong, okay? You are wrong, and I encourage you, our website is not named KGov for no reason at all. GOV, government, God's kingdom authority. The Bible is a criminal justice textbook, but it also tells us about the principles of governance. And so at kgov.com slash government, we lay out the case against America's form of government, against our Constitution, even showing how the Constitution is itself unconstitutional. How's that? And those who claim to really care about the Constitution, it's so easy to expose them in a minute that they really don't care about the Constitution. They only care about their own agenda. And they use a feigned support for the Constitution because they think right now that's getting them support for their agenda, for their own goals. And we have, as our listeners know, we have there also our own proposed Constitution for America, and it is a biblically-based Constitution. I know people think that our Constitution is biblically-based. Wow, that couldn't be further from the truth and Blackstone's commentary on law. What a nightmare that is, huh? When so many Christians think, when they study with David Barton and wall builders, and they think, well, Blackstone's commentary on law, they're they're, they're almost as inspired as our own Constitution is. And Blackstone, writing back in the 1800s, he was uh, an apologist for a snapshot of what Britain's law was at the time. He pretty much just supported it. He referenced the Bible, too. But if the Bible and Britain's law contradicted, he would side with Britain's law. For example, the Bible said that the king is not above the law. But in England, jousting to the death was against the law. Unless the king wanted to see it for entertainment, then he could do it. So how's that? That's like making a Hollywood movie today where you actually kill people in the scenes where people get killed. You actually kill them. It's like bringing back the gladiators. So how could you have a more specific example of siding either with God's word or a snapshot of Britain's law and going with Britain's law and saying the king is above the law. When the Bible explicitly says God told Moses and Moses wrote in the Pentateuch in the book of Deuteronomy, the giving of the law, God wrote that the king must obey the law. The king is not above the law. And also, as if that weren't bad enough, if someone commits a murder, kills one of your neighbor's kids, then Blackstone argues that the court must do everything to get that suspect to plead not guilty. Even if he committed the crime, the court must do everything. In fact, that's what our courts do today. They do everything they can to get the person to plead not guilty. I mean, if the criminal, if the murderer is determined to plead guilty, 
okay, usually he can't even do it even when he wants to because the system manipulates him not to, but he should, but he's a murderer. But Blackstone argued that the court should try to get the criminal to plead not guilty, and that is victimizing the family all over again. Somebody commits a crime against your family, and then they deny it? That's another crime against your family. And what? So there's job security for lawyers? We don't have the best system in the world. We have one of the worst systems in the world. When you look at our violent crime rate and our incarceration rate in America, we have a horrific criminal justice system. When our judges say we have the best system in the world, what they mean is we have the highest paid judges in the world. And when our lawyers say we have the best system in the world, they mean we have the highest paid lawyers in the world and the most lawyers per capita in the world. That's what they mean by those statements. Because normally, if you're going to judge a system, you judge it on the outcome. How is our criminal justice system doing in making America a law-abiding nation? How's it doing? It's not working out so well, is it? But here, when the FBI got back more than half of the ransomware paid, that's just extraordinary. That is a really, that's a great job. It probably strikes fear in the heart of criminals around the world. And I love it. So what should the penalty be for these hackers who did this causing gas lines up and down the East Coast? What should the penalty be? One of our producers, he is in Wisconsin. He worked for us here in Denver for years, but has recently moved back. His family, they're farmers back in Wisconsin. And Daryl Berkey moved back, but he's still working for us full time. So he emailed me and he said, Bob, I know what you're going to say, but what should the punishment be for those hackers shutting down gas facilities meat packing and so on. And he knew how I'd answer. I said, Daryl, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I'd impose the death penalty. The capital punishment is not only for murder, of course, as we know, but it's for a number of crimes, including for attempted murder, for conspiracy to murder, for attempted false imprisonment, like kidnapping. And you can make the case easily that these hackers causing such widespread harm are guilty of committing those and many other crimes. So there's somebody who's at home having a heart attack and their 78-year-old wife wants to rush him to the hospital but she wasn't able to get gas yesterday. How's that? And that's just one. When you commit a crime that brings harm to hundreds, thousands, or millions of people, you have no way of quantifying the extent of that harm. And so you are responsible. It's like a bank robber who goes in and he, he's only there to rob the bank, but the security guard, who's 64 years old, he has a heart attack and dies in the commotion. 
So the criminal is not only responsible for the direct harm he causes, but also all the harm that has as its proximate cause the crime being committed. So the proximate cause, the nearest cause to the crime being committed. And so back in the 90s, after having worked for Microsoft in the mid-80s and for McDonnell Douglas Helicopter Company on the Apache attack helicopter, the AH-64, the Army's attack helicopter, and writing for PC Week, So viruses and personal computers, I was part of the the rollout of PC networking and using Ethernet and having PCs talk to one another without mainframes or mini computers in the mix or as the backbone. I was part of that whole battle back in the mid-80s, wrote articles about it for PC Week and implemented a huge Network back then it was huge, 250 PCs all tied together at the phone company's corporate headquarters in the Denver Tech Center, US West, about 250 employees. And so that was cutting edge at the time. So I went from that world to ministry, fighting to save the lives of unborn children, to save their parents from an eternity without Jesus Christ. So we try to save the baby and the parents and the mother and the father with Operation Rescue Colorado and Colorado Right to Life and American Right to Life. And I went from fighting abortion to hosting a daily news talk call-in show. And we took calls, more than 10,000 calls, for most of the years of this broadcast. But when we shortened the format... And that was our decision to go to a half hour a day. We, for the most part, stopped taking calls. We still, when people email bob at kgov.com or call in 800-8-N-Y-A-R-T and they'd like to be on the show, occasionally we'll take a call and, and that's always fun. So to get to this world of ministry and broadcasting, podcasting, the internet, kgov.com, I came out of the computer industry, and when hacking and viruses became an issue, almost from the beginning of them becoming something that the general public had a concern about and a fear over, on this program, we advocated for the death penalty for people creating and spreading viruses. And of course, that includes the hackers who are sending out ransomware. When you are familiar with what God says about criminal justice and the context in which God communicates eternal truths, spiritual truths, moral truths, when it comes to actually harming your neighbor violating the law, do not murder, do not steal, do not commit adultery, do not bear false witness against your neighbor, and then going to motive in a criminal trial or a civil trial, do not covet. Covetousness, when you show it in court, 
that establishes motive and it helps toward achieving a conviction. And the standard for conviction, it's not beyond a reasonable doubt. That's a horrific standard. We need to look at what God says in his word. And we have that in our seminar, God's Criminal Justice System, which you could get at our store. Just go to kgov, kgov.com, click on the store. And if you search for criminal, you'll find it. God's Criminal Justice System. The seminar, you could, it's like you were there. You'll love it. And if you don't, money back guarantee we have on all our, our resources. So the death penalty for people writing and distributing viruses, for hackers, for those who are putting ransomware on people's computers. There's a whole list of things we have on our website, a list of ways to reduce crime, and these are things that you can do and that you could advocate for. We need Christians, everyone, but Christians especially, to advocate for what is right, and that includes the death penalty for every convicted murderer and for kidnappers and others, but just to abbreviate, for every convicted murderer. We also need to advocate, as we've done for years, the first time I remember on the air was when one of our presidential candidates was in studio here, Tom Tancredo, if you remember him, Colorado congressman. And I asked him if he would support a national DNA database. Now, we had been advocating for that for some years, but I remember that particular program when publicly... I was advocating, and I asked him if he would support it. And if I recall, he gave a somewhat nuanced, yes, sounds like a good idea. We need a national fingerprint database. There is no right to anonymity. That is not a right. You don't find it in the Constitution, but who cares about that? But you also don't find it in Scripture. There is no right to anonymity. We need to oppose the get-out-of-jail-free card. Now, we don't advocate jails. We advocate abolishing incarceration as a form of punishment. You only incarcerate, as the Bible teaches, while a suspect is being held for a trial. That's when you incarcerate. You don't incarcerate as a form of punishment. Punishment is only three forms, capital punishment, corporal-like flogging, or restitution financial restitution. Incarcerating a human being, locking him up like an animal, is not only cruel, it is completely ineffective. In fact, it makes people into worse criminals, generally speaking. You put all the worst students together into one school, and how's that going to turn out? What a nightmare. So when the police do something wrong, then the defense attorneys take that, a technicality, to say, okay, my client, regardless of whether he he raped and murdered a woman, regardless, he needs to be let go because he gets a get-out-of-jail-free card on a technicality. So we need to oppose that. If the police do something wrong, if they go into your house without just cause and they find you have souvenirs of the women that you have assaulted, and they find that, they find their photos, and you're the rapist, you're the murderer, 
What you get out? You get out of jail? You get a get out of jail free card because they did wrong? No, that's got to end. And as Christians, we have our whole list of ways to reduce crime. And these are all things that you can know and you can advocate for. KGov.com slash crime. May God bless you. Have you heard of the plot manuscript? It's 330 pages, an overview of the entire Bible. People who have read it have said it's helped them understand and enjoy the Word of God. Hi, this is Bob Enyard. I wrote the plot years ago. We sell it at a money-back guarantee, $49.95 plus shipping and handling. And if you don't feel that you really understand the Bible now, we want to give you your money back. So go online to order it at kgov, kgov.com, or call us at 800-8-ENYARD. That's 1-800-836-9278.